I'm here at Austin Game Developers Conference, and with me today is a special guest. How about you introduce yourself? Uh, hi, my name is Blake Comiger, and uh, I'm an indie game developer. I've uh, been building games on uh, the Facebook platform for uh, pretty much since it started, actually. Nice. And uh, what games did you do? Um, in fact, I think um, you were one of the original social games out there, so... Yeah, I think... Um, I do think I was, I, w I may not have been the first game because people had taken games that, you know, existing Flash games and said, hey, I can now put this game on Facebook, but they didn't create a game for the platform that had social uh, functionality. It was just like, here, you can play Tetris now, sure. uh, you know, just like you could on Congregate, but now here on Facebook. Um, so the first games that I think everybody may be familiar with are the zombies and vampires and werewolves and those sort of games. Um, so the entire horror genre. Um, but actually, even before I did that, um, which was about a month after the platform launched, even before I did that, um, I was uh, one of the lead developers of Causes on Facebook. And that, um, while not a game, uh, definitely had several... Uh, uh, several game-like uh, features, and uh, you know, there's there's leaderboards. You know, you have progress bars on money raised, and uh, you know, several things that uh, you know, as any 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 game designer can look at and say, oh, this is a game. You know, even though technically it's fundraising for nonprofits and not just a strict game, uh, definitely has plenty of those type of components. So you worked on the causes game or causes app, right. and then. Um what did you? What inspires you to make these other types of games? And you know, what did you learn from that that you could actually take to make your your games killer? You know, because they, they just blew up. Everyone was even. You know, it, it became like a viral meme. Yeah. Um, I think. Uh, I mean, obviously, uh, I. You know, by the time I started developing my games, I was very familiar with the uh, the limits and capabilities of the platform. So I had a good a good understanding of hey, here's all the things I can do, sure. um, and. Um, my, my, my inspiration, uh, this probably comes as no surprise to anyone, is that I'm a huge horror fan. Sure. Love horror movies. I'm the obnoxious friend that tries to get you to go see everyone, no matter how bad it may nice. be. Um, and so, absolutely love horror. And um, just, you know, for whatever reason, I had a, had, a, had a moment of clarity where I was like, this would be so fun to have a zombie uh, application. Um, and you know, largely made it in such a way. I mean, zombies yeah. were a very natural, uh, I thought, um, excuse to have something that's going to be viral and reach out yeah. to people. And, you know, of course, the geek community loves zombies. They're funny. They're scary. So, you know, it, I knew it would resonate with my friends especially. And um, just, yeah, started building it. And uh, I guess it took me about a week and a half. Okay. And uh, so, so you released it, um, and you had that killer viral loop. Um, how'd you come up with that viral loop? And did you even know it's called a viral loop back then? Um, yeah, actually, uh, this uh, my my experience uh, in viral marketing started uh, let's see back in 2002 at Plaxo. So uh, I had an opportunity to work with some phenomenally talented people. Uh, it, I'm not sure if everybody is aware of this, but Plaxo benefited from some very talented people that came from Napster originally. Okay. So, um, and Plaxo, I, I mean, both Napster and Plaxo pioneered uh, several viral loop techniques. And um, so I, I definitely had the benefit of having worked with these people that are just experts in the industry. They learned a ton. Um, and so when it came time to start applying that to my own products, um, like obviously, Causes had a very specific viral loop, sure. very compelling one at that. Yeah. And um, you know the, I, I think you know, beyond just like you know the actual functionality of it, the 
um, the, the, the copy, the text of these uh, invitations and that sort of thing, very very designed to press certain buttons in people um, and you know the one in causes of course is like hey you know we want to try and make it touch someone and be like hey this is personal yeah. you know to, to inspire them to do this with with the zombie ones I'm like okay I'm looking to entertain people I'm looking to make them laugh sure. so I'm going to make it a little bit humorous a little tongue in cheek and kind of you know go for go for that angle and yeah. you know the hope being you'll find it funny want to pass it on to your friends and you know they'll get a you know a kick out of it um, that is uh and that's a double-edged sword because humor is uh, humor is absolutely can be very viral, but it does uh, it, it travels very fast and it's consumed very fast. So you can imagine, uh, you know, for, for you know, yeah. you pass along something funny, but you're not going to pass along the same funny thing 800 times, right? You're going to do it once, and so you need to constantly create new content and creating new humorous content at a rate faster than people can consume it is. You know, you have teams of writers doing that for shows that only exist for an hour a night, right? Um, so, so you released it. What happened? I mean, did, did it just blow up in the first day or two days? Or, or when did you realize it was going to be this huge thing and it's going to be like a cultural meme? Yeah, so I think um, when I... I think the, the first day... Um, this was after... Because, yeah, I, I released it, uh, I believe, end of June. Um, and at this point, Facebook had already said, well, you're only allowed to do 10 invitations sure. per user. And, you know, there were already articles and people saying, oh, no more virility on Facebook, it's dead, that sort of thing. And, um, you know, I, I made some, a compelling message that was entertaining um, and, you know, designed that into gameplay so that it was, you know, yeah, you did a little bit of the, like, hey, user gets a cookie, they want more, they want more, they yeah. want more, they're going to keep coming back and doing it. Um, so I made that... I think it was the 27th of June, and I, you know, I put, I, I turned it live, and I bit, I was limited to 10 people, sure. and um, so I bit, you know, a couple of my friends, thinking, sure. this is going to be awesome, they're going to laugh, you know, got up the next morning to check it, and I was like, you know, because I wanted to see how many of my 10 buddies yeah. had, had uh, converted, and um, at that point, it was already 200 people, nice. and I was just like, whoa, that's definitely beyond my friends list, right? Yeah. Um, and by the end of that day, it was over a thousand. And I mean, I think it was seven days, maybe maybe six days. Uh, it hit hit a million uh, active users, and it was, you know, I mean, at that point, I was obviously. The, I think the, the the moment I realized, holy crap, this is taking off, is when my server went down for the first yeah, time. Yeah, and, and how did you deal with scaling? Um, because you know that that would probably have been a surprise, maybe. I don't know. Yeah, um, so I did. I dealt with scaling at previous companies. Um, so again, you know, like this is this is stuff I had done in some capacity, sure. just never as a one-man show, right? Sure. Um, so I'm like, oh crud! I got to take care of this piece of the puzzle. This one, this one, this one, and that one. Um, so I, I built it using LapStack, and um, which you know there are right yeah. and wrong ways to scale. Exactly. And uh, I mean, the the first things I started doing were just like, oh crud. Um, I know how I need to change this architecture so it can support, you know, growth and that sort of thing because, you know, first iteration, I was just like, sure. hey, get something functional and working. And, um, but, yeah, so I, I had benefited from past experience, largely. Okay. And uh, scaling then, you know. It, and, then, and then how did you deal with monetization? Did you just put ads up? Were you thinking of turning it into a business? Because at that time, it still wasn't clear that social games could actually make so much money. Yeah, um, so I... 
I put ads up on it um, and, you know, didn't really uh, uh, do anything else in that world um, because I, you know, frankly, uh, the ads didn't make an amazing amount of money. They made enough money to keep it running and to do it as a full-time job. Okay. And it was, that was really, I was like, that's an awesome. I get to yeah. make games for a living and I can make ends meet. And, you know, I'm not part of like a giant yeah. machine. And so um, I never actually really, really focused on trying to make uh, revenue. Okay. Um, and, uh, you know, I, I had several people ask me, like, you know, yeah, but how much money is it making? And uh, not very much, but I mean... Um, while you were developing this, were you adding new content in every day, every week? How did you keep it going? Because you had, you know, a huge hit for, for a reasonable time. And even even when the um, virtual economies were kicking in to social games, uh, did you did you start trying to do that? Um, did you start adding new game mechanics? What, what's, what happened after your release? Yeah, so um, shortly after release, um, I had users just clamoring. It was great, actually. I had users largely dictating the upcoming feature set um, because they were, I mean, so passionate about games, right? And they're reaching out to me like, oh, I would love to be able to do this. Um, obviously, I couldn't do everything people asked, and there was, you know, plenty of things that I'm like, well, you're asking for this, but I know you don't want it because if I implemented it, that'll definitely not be fun. Um, you have to be careful. Like, uh, I, I think, uh, you know, a, a common joke that people run with is that uh, if people did uh, game design like they do web design, you would distill your game down to nothing but a big red win button that the user has to press only once sure. and be done with your game forever. So obviously you can't give everybody exactly what they always ask for because, sure. you know, inevitably they're like, I want this to be easier, I want it to be less, I want it to be... and. Yeah. Uh, so what I ended up doing is just largely relying on user feedback and I've always been a gamer. Sure. Um, so I tried to draw from my own experience which being a gamer your whole life is not the same as being a game designer. Sure. So uh, I, I had a lot to learn. Okay. And I just kind of stumbled my way through talking to, talking to friends, meeting people that were in the traditional gaming industry that were very generous with their time and explaining things. Yeah. It read every crazy thing okay. I could get my fingers on to try and, you know, get better at it. Because I obviously recognized, I'm like, well, crap. This is not a game like, uh, you know, you've played games that you're just yeah. like so addicted to and so obsessed with, and I'm like, wow, I want to make something that good, yeah. and I know I don't have that skill set yet, so I tried to get, you know, improve constantly on that. Um, and that meant, of course, releasing features fairly frequently. Um, you know, uh, I probably was doing pushes, you know, architectural changes yeah. to support that, and then, you know, adding new feature sets uh, at least weekly. Um, and um, so where do you think now social games are going and, and where, I mean, are you going to still trying to, trying to work on your current, you know, the current hits that you've had or, or what's well, going to happen? I think that, um, I think there's a lot, there's still a lot of opportunity. It's such a new, I mean, it is only like a two-year-old space, slightly older, I guess. Um, I think there will, I mean, what you see, uh, you know, certain trends like, you know, higher production values coming in and you yeah. see... Uh, you know, games that, I mean, like, I, I think the Playfish games um, are very well designed. They, they're, they're obviously, the, the production quality is much higher than most games that are on this platform. And I think that's a trend that will continue. Um, I think it's going to be amazing when Flash starts supporting a hardware acceleration. Oh, I spent yeah. some time talking to some friends about that the other day, and I, that's going to be game changer for what you can do in Flash. Um, there'll always be a sweet spot of, okay, 
how long does it take to develop something versus you know uh, you know like that dev cycle of you, you can't do a four year dev cycle on Facebook sure, obviously exactly. that would be crazy um, but I think you know there's room for pushing that out and having these higher production values um, at the same time there's always going to be room in my opinion for small indie games to you know be breakthrough hits because you know if anything, uh, you know, if we've learned anything from the Wii, it's that you don't have to have as many pixels per square inch to have, build a successful and fun game. Yeah. Um, so, uh, just like Hollywood has, you know, hey, you know, yes, two guys can make, uh, you know, a movie that's very creative, like Primer, and you know, has a huge indie breakthrough success. Um, that doesn't preclude an industry from also having Transformers Two, right? Yeah. Exactly. Which is not going to win any awards for its writing, but, you know, it's, 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 it's big fun, and it resonates with an audience in a different way, yeah. um, and I think having one doesn't mean the other isn't ever going to be successful, um, or, or not have room for it, so I think there will always be room for both of these kind of things, I think there will be a trend towards higher production values, and I think, you know, indie game developers, obviously, are never going to have a $10 million budget to build a game, but you don't need a $10 million budget to build a fun successful game that, you know, connects with people. And uh, any last words then for social game developers out there? Um, I think uh, I think the space is amazing fun. I, uh, it's, at the same time, probably uh, uh, what you may see is uh, things that you also see in the traditional gaming industry more and more. So, uh, it, working on games is fun. That tends to attract some very talented people, which provides you the opportunity to work with wildly talented people. Um, the same, on the, on the other hand, your competitors are going to be wildly talented too. So uh, it's an intensely competitive space, but very fun. And I wouldn't, I intend to do it as long as I can and as long as, uh, uh, as, long as there's enough of a market that someone like me can make games uh, in that space. Thank you very much.